This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, host of the original Southern Remedy, the show where I answer your medical questions. Subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on any podcasting app. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHE certified inspector and inspect it like a girl, and licensed contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Wow. A fun morning we're going to have. We already started it good, too. When it comes to home improvement and renovations, you do not have to be a licensed professional to complete some awesome DIY projects and uh, I wonder fixes how, in your home. I wonder how much it pained Jeff to, to read that. <laughs> you do not need me in my service. Right, right. Yes. <laughs> I was thinking that. That's where I got all messed uh-huh, up. That's when right, he got right. tongue-tied. You know, the, the, the fact of the matter is, what? if it is under $10,000... If you have a remodel project under $10,000, you can do that legally in the state of Mississippi without a contractor's license. And as a homeowner, do whatever you want. As a homeowner, you can you can obviously do uh, your own home improvement project. You can. Uh, if it has to do with water, electricity, don't. So It's not a good idea. It's not a good idea. Uh, you can still do it. Yeah. Not. I'm recommending not. So... <laughs> Well, that's why we have a show. Well, when I went, when I did my uh, bedroom remodel, uh-huh. I, it's been 20 years ago. Right. I, I wanted all new wires over uh-huh. in that area, and we had taken out the ceiling. And so I ran my wires, and then I hired the electrician uh-huh. to connect everything. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so there's it all, w- yeah. Which, which she did is, some of the labor. Which yeah. is not a yeah. bad way to do it. You, you cut down on some cost. But yet you you're still safe. Yes. Yeah. So, yes, because you just don't want to mess around with, especially well, an old house in it, electrical. You can really mess some things up. It, it's not something to practice with. Mm-mm. No. You know? no. 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 A practice is what you do with a birdhouse. Yes. There you yeah. Go. <laughs> or. or, or. Yeah, I'm gonna make a new mailbox. Or you know, or you, know. you can do a sheetrock patch, or you can, of course, you know, yeah. you and and let's, some. Let's do something that is not going to hurt you, yeah, and, well, and hurt the house, yeah. right? So yeah, it will practice on electrical and plumbing. And uh, today, just talking about those, uh, uh, you know, those those DIY things going on in your world. There's been a lot going on in mine. I did uh, get to, you know, I get to try to play with the pressure washer every week. So I got the uh, got the driveway cleaned up this weekend, kind of uh, cleaning some things up around the house. And uh, I know that uh, we we got an email in that I wanted you guys to hear, and it was. Uh, while installing a new heating and cooling system, the thermostat was moved to a new location. As soon as I read this, I thought, oh, Pam's going to be mad. <laughs> they moved the thermostat. Well, it left a hole, a hole in the wall where the previous thermostat was. Right. So get this. I, I thought this was genius. They said we covered the hole with a blank switch plate. Sure. I thought, well, Why yeah, not? There you go. Yeah. Okay. You can do that. Yeah. That's, that's a quick fix. But is there an easy way to plug the hole and patch the sheetrock? Thanks, Mike. 
And and I was strolling through the home store this weekend. It was it was a local hardware store strolling through, and and it's so easy now compared to what it used to be. You would have to go in and you'd have to buy um, some some putty. You'd have to buy some some tape or some mesh sort of material. You need to buy a knife. You need to uh, to have all this stuff. It was it was a really big thing to do. Now you can walk in and pick up a kit for. 10, 15 bucks, uh, and you can patch that place with that kit. It yeah. has everything it is nice. in there. It is. Yeah, yeah, it is nice. And that way you don't have to buy tools that you'll never use again. Right. You know what I'm saying? I think, do the tools come in it? Do they yeah. have the spackler knife so. and yeah. all that I kind of stuff little in plastic, there? little plastic uh, knife for yeah. one-time little use. putty knife, yeah. something, something, something. Yeah. No, that's that's awesome. So then i got to go back and go, where'd they put the thermostat? <laughs> right. Well, there's I'm not a whole lot. about the Hopefully thermostat. it was near the return Return air. air. Right. So. so, Jeff, I did a brand new house this uh, last week. And I, I was like, where is the thermostat? I mean, the return was right there right, in the ceiling. I right. was like, where the heck is it? It was a brand new house. It was a brand new house. And so I was like, I, normally you want the thermostat close to the return. Right. Because that's they're talking to each other. There's a communication right. thing going on. No, Knowing when to turn on and turn off. That's right. And, and the, to control the air. And I looked all over. Well, it was in the uh, in the bedroom. And I was like, why would you do yeah. that? So I took a picture of it. I'm reviewing with the client. And they said, well, we didn't like what it looked like. So we asked the builder to move it. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, hey, we, we, you know how many times I have those conversations? I was just going to ask, does that happen? It, yes. Um, it, look, I, I've, I've got a situation right now that the homeowner um, is, nicest way to put this, trying to do their own thing uh-huh now i like that until it gets in the way of doing the right thing of the functionality exactly so you know there's a reason you hire a auto mechanic to work on your car right because they know what they're doing there's a reason you hire a builder because we know what we're doing Okay. You know, to that point, when I think of you know what you're doing, the example would be uh, you mentioned on this show one time how many people would ask you to hang a chandelier over a bathtub. Well, right. And you say no. It it violates code. Um, Do I agree with it? I don't. Right. (laughs) Um, But it's still code. Right. So do, do I abide by it? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I mean, and and even you know, in older houses, you know these, the things that were built in the seventies, and they've got those pendant lights in the bathroom. Oh yeah, you know those, you know, and the idea is, is that not a thing. Is that not good? Well, in the seventies, it was a big deal. But right. the problem is, is that if you're changing that light bulb while you're running water, you put yourself at risk. Oh, because you it never occurred to me. Yeah, code code on that is you cannot touch a electrical device while you are in the shower in the shower or or the tub so meaning you you cannot be standing in the shower and reach a okay it's a, a reach function a reach a receptacle or a switch right yeah huh. um okay yeah and so it gets real interesting and i'm sure the designers you know if you've got a pocket door and going into the bathroom well the pocket door you can't put a switch on that wall no 
Because the door is there. Because the door because is the door there. Door goes back into well, the now wall. you've got to rethink, you know, well, where are you going to put the switches? Because you can't put it over by the shower. That's true. Yeah, you can't put <laughs> so, it right there. Yeah, so I really agree with what Jeff's saying. You okay. know, we, uh, as home inspectors and builders, we kind of keep up with what the trends are and, you know, the safety type things. Well, the, the inspector, when, when, when you call for an inspection, it is a safety inspection. It is not a quality inspection. Right. Right. It's safety. It's safety. They're safety code officers. Well, and that's where you're they talking municipal. Yeah, oh, on oh, your municipal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, your ICC, uh, International Code Council certified. I mean, have you ever, there's, I, I mean, I've got the trench coat on and the hat. And <laughs> yeah. I mean, just very, you know, noir kind of. Okay. So, uh, all right, let's get to one of the things here that I really wanted to hit on today, which is every DIY project requiring three trips to the hardware store. And this is from lifehacker.com. And uh, this is what I wanted to get to because the thing that I talked about earlier, the hole in the wall that Mike asked about that I was so happy to say that you could go and buy one kit with one hand. You could just buy one thing. Well, that is to alleviate this exact list which I'm going to tell you now from lifehacker.com. Number one, there's three trips, okay? The first trip is getting ready. You go into the hardware store with your basic list. You you need tools or paint or hardware or whatever you know uh, you need to get started. Maybe at this point you're still debating on, you know, what finish. Got a couple of technique questions for the pros. This is the trip where you hammer out those kind of details, right? Trip number two, didn't see that coming. Mm-hmm. That's what that one's called. Your next trip comes approximately halfway through the project when you hit something <laughs> unexpected snafu that you couldn't possibly have predicted. Back to the store you go, slightly frustrated and sweaty, to get your new list of supplies plus the thing you forgot to get during it's trip It's not fun line. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. This uh, is, it's not HGTV. No, it doesn't look – it's it, not a simple – right. we, we didn't remodel the kitchen in, in 12 hours. Yeah. All you got to do is Well, you sit. did at my house. Well, we did. <laughs> If you sit at the hardware store, you'll see these people come in, and they've got like their their jeans on, and they're like muddy halfway up. Right, you, know, you can tell they're half in a project. They're oh, yeah. You know. So okay, the third one. Remind me why I thought this was a, a good, good idea. idea. <laughs> right. Yep. Trip number three, uh, by far the most annoying of all DIY hardware store trips because this is the one that you really didn't see coming. You told those guys bye the last time and said see you next week, and here you are again. Right. You were sure you got everything you needed. You even got stuff in multiple brands and sizes just in case because you thought I got this lick now. But then some little piece broke off, and of course it's a vital little piece. And without that piece, the whole thing is a wasted effort. So I've done that. There's been a screw missing uh, in a ceiling fan install I did one time that drove me nuts. Oh, I know. Now, we're not trying to talk you out of a do-it-yourself project (laughs) because the second time you do it, it it gets easier. It does. It does. And it's funny because if, if you bought a Phillips head screwdriver to do a project then, and the next time you need one, you have a Phillips head screw. That's right. It's it, it's crazy. One of the things we've talked about here on the show several times are, are the basic tools uh, to have in the home, just like everybody should have in there. Because if you have them, then these projects just become easy. Makes It makes it a little easier. Right, right. And, you know, some of those tools we've talked about here a couple of times, uh, cordless screwdrivers, things like that, much better than your local butter knife yep. on, on – 
screws around the house. Uh, I don't not, know. A, I've a, used that butter knife. A little <laughs> hammer, you know, you need you need a hammer. You need a screwdriver. Well, you know, part of the hammer that, that I found that I need as much as I need the 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 bang end is I need the pry end yep. a lot, you know, to move things. So. Yeah, a nice little crowbar. Yeah. And another nice little tool to put in your in your home toolbox is the five in one. The 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 that's a little putty knife. Uh, it's got a curve in it. A lot of people may not know what that curve is for. Yeah, what's that curve, that Jeff? You can clean your paint roller with that curve. Well, gun. No, well, is that well, what that's that that for? That's what that's for. I have okay. never known uh, that. In fact, yeah. some of them have a little screwdriver on them. If um, if you the, guys, it's, are, it's that's why it's called a five in a five one. Five in one. Is that over in the paint section, Jeff? Oh, you know, kind of hanging with know, all the putty knives. It's probably, mm-hmm. yeah, probably. with the putty knives, you can almost yeah. always find them. But folks, if you've never seen or don't know what we're talking about, you can easily Google these 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 multi tools, and and boy, you can see them not just with painters, and 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 uh, so many people in 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 the industry carry this particular tool because it really you can use it for a million things it's just it's a great tool so um uh where were we going with that jeff uh we were going nowhere nowhere nothing well good yeah absolutely nothing i'm gonna go to tina here in just a second i wanted to mention something first though i saw this article and i wanted to mention it around you guys because it's blown my mind since i everybody in the world has seen this picture but I'm about to uh, – here's an article. What saved the Miracle House in Lahaina? Have you guys seen the picture? No. I've seen the picture. It looks like it's Photoshopped in. But it's not. It's yeah. real, Jeff. Yeah. Look up the house in Lahaina. This is uh, in Maui. In Maui, if you've not seen this, Google it, folks. Uh, if you've not seen this, you know, uh, uh, Maui burned. And this one town, Lahaina, just awful. Just mm-hmm. off a look, look like a war zone. Everything was gone. What, but is, there was the, this, what is the town? Oh, Lahaina? I, I don't know. Lahaina? Yeah. L-A-H-A. Yeah. I would just look up Maui Fire. But these folks yeah. had really been very proactive. They, Jeff, the way they – if you see the picture, folks, I'm telling you, it's all gray and black burned ash except for one house mm-hmm. that – was built with some different materials. The landscape was done a little different. Well, it was an old house, mm-hmm. and they came in and retrofitted. Yes, so so this was a this was a historical home, and they came in and put like they used they didn't use com, uh, composite asphalt shingles. They came in with fire resistant material. I can't remember if it was metal. They cut back all the shrubs and the trees around right. the house. So, you know, it reminds me of the house, of the houses, the neighborhood in the um, fire that, I mean, the, that is amazing. the hurricane mm-hmm. that, that uh, destroyed everything down in Fort Myers. Right. Well, there was a neighborhood that was built to, res- to resist that. And wow. so, you know, as we think about some of these climate catastrophes uh-huh. that are beginning to happen or, you know, continue to happen and maybe with a little bit more intensity, mm-hmm. I think we have to start thinking about what are the things that we can do to be proactive to prevent, you know, catastrophic damages to our homes. And this one was just uh, 
the stuff of miracles if you see it so right. anyway uh do, well, was it a miracle or was it because they were prepared well well it, <laughs> it's amazing either way but i will say there are certainly lessons for us to learn in this in this particular story but i thought it might be worth mentioning here on fix it 101 because it's it's it was just amazing well it goes back to preventative what are right. some things that i can do to prevent that's right Right. You know, like limbs hanging over mm-hmm. my, you know, I did that this right. last year. Well, I had a guy you, come in and cut all the limbs off have, that are going across my roof. How many times have we talked about drainage around your house? Yes. Yeah. It's a big deal. Uh-huh. There's a reason you want the water flowing away from your house. This is, this. And we can, we can fix it now for very little money, or we can wait until we have foundation issues and fix it. Not only fix the drainage, but fix the foundation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you think about, you know, we had, I was driving on uh, 51 last week and I was like, why is it so, I mean, it was hazy. Did you see that, Jeff? Yeah. You know why? It was it, fire somewhere, yeah, it was wasn't it? The, they were burning the fields in Yazoo City. Huh? Well, whatever the cause is, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, if there's a fire because mm-hmm. everything is a tinderbox right oh, now, yeah, everything's you got to think about, you know, yeah. I, I had visions of me sitting on my roof with my hose. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, you know, we've had Tina on the line for a long time. Let's go. Tina in Hattiesburg, you've got an issue with the uh, HVAC system in your house? I sure do. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, ma'am. Um, my uh, unit, it'll turn on for three minutes, go off again for 10 minutes, turn on for three minutes. But when it gets real hot and it needs to keep running, it will keep running. So it's like the minute it pings up, so I have it sent either at 77 or 78, but the minute it starts to read that it's getting a little hot, it'll turn on just for three minutes and then turn off, but repeatedly. And I don't know... If that's a problem or something, I should be. My first thought is the unit's too big for the home. It's short cycling. It Um, could, but that's awfully fast for a short cycle. What does a short cycle mean, guys? What's that mean? Well, it's where the temperature reaches. It gets too cold too fast. Right. And that's if the. How old is the unit, Tina? I think it's about eight years old. Okay. Mm. Is this a new problem or has this been happening? Well, that is a good question because I was not paying attention to, to it. Um, I'm more aware of it now. And right. one of the reasons I'm paying extra attention is because I had someone come out and just do a regular cleaning and service, which I would do annually. And it was a different same company came out, but a different repair person. Uh-huh. And he, he well overfilled it with Freon. And then I had to have different folks come out and they released oh, a lot of that. And so then I became, right. <laughs> I watched it more right. hyper-aware. Right. Yeah. yeah, vigilant. Uh, you know, I, I I think I'm going to call, and there are some very good heat and air contractors in, in Hattiesburg. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think I'm calling a another heat and air contractor to come check it. Well, so I'm at number four now. Oh, boy. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, this yeah. Is, uh, and they are telling me, I, I, it's, you're absolutely right. I think there are some excellent peeps out here. That our demand is also very high. That's right. Oh, yeah. Especially when it's 115. Yeah. yeah, but that's okay. Yeah. So the, the last few peeps, the last two companies that have come out have sent very young men. Who, I don't know, you know, 
and they look not a day over 16, but I'm sure they're in their early <laughs> Yeah. But I yeah. just don't know how much um, experience they have. Now, that doesn't mean they don't know. You know uh, that's right. I'll read you, I'll read you what, what of them wrote. Pivot side cap is reading bad, but super boost hard start is good. Inside fan cap is good. T stat doesn't seem to be reading right. And then they did um, replace a contactor, which they said was an awful condition, burnt slash almost pitted. So yeah. he said the thermostat inside was a little off by maybe one degree or. Yeah. Have yeah. you tried changing that thermostat? No, because then I had a different company came out and they said they he came out. This tends to happen either in the morning or the evening when the when the temperatures are either ramping up or ramping down. And this gentleman came out. It was mid afternoon, and so the unit was just chugging along, and he didn't see any problem. Yeah, there was. Yeah, he he didn't think the thermostat was worth it to be changed. Yeah. You know, it sounds like there's a communication issue between the equipment and, you know, the thermostat. How comfortable are you in the home? Are you comfortable? Yeah, it's doing its job. I'm just afraid it's burning itself out. It's like a little engine that could out there. Yeah, yeah. Does your thermostat have a setting on it where you can set it to circulate on the air? Uh, It has something... It just says fan. Fan? Yeah, but it, mm-hmm. is it fan yeah. on and off? Is there a fan circulate? Yes. Yeah, I think hers is just oh, fan no. on yeah. and then auto. Yeah, yeah. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, it's not a fancy one, right? Right. Yeah. Well, you can get a thermostat you know, I, is $100. I, I, I like <laughs> that idea that Pam is suggesting. Uh, that's a quick, easy fix. The thermostat? Ch- yeah, and, and to, you know, upgrade it to a programmable. You can buy that for $100. Well, um, you won't do any harm no, to your system by putting in a thermostat. Yeah, well, and so. you said this is a train? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and you can get a train um, programmable. Um, I've got one on my unit, and what I do is um, I set mine to the fan circulate. So every 15 minutes, regardless if the unit is on or not, it circulates the air through the system. And what that does is it keeps the air in the ducting at a really good relative um, temperature. And that might help with, you know, for whatever reason that it's, you know, getting too cool too fast um, and shutting itself down. Uh, Yeah, I I think that's worth a try. Give it a go, Tina. Yeah, sorry you're having that. As long as you're... You know, my biggest concern in air conditioning right now is that you're okay. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. it's hot out yeah. there. Is it at least on. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Tina. We appreciate it. Give that a whirl. Steve's been hanging on for a while, and Olive Branch got a question about the exhaust fan in the bathroom. What's going on, Steve? Good morning, everyone. So I have the same debates in my house for over 38 years of getting people to use exhaust fans for the shower. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, I hear you guys. I hear you guys talk. So they do make exhaust fans at all the big box stores that have a humidity sensor built in. So a which sensor? Way, uh, uh, humidity. A humidity, oh. a humidity sensor. Yeah, That's, so it comes uh, on when the humidity reaches a certain level. Yeah, apparently it turns off based on a timer you set. 
uh, not on the wall switch. So the problem becomes is what's your strategy for keeping the power on? Like, do you take the switch so no one turns it off? So it still needs a switch going to it. And so if you have a light combination fan, you're going to need an extra wire to, to run separately. If you just have a regular fan with no light built in, the same switch works. But you still got to have power to it. you got to have a switch. Why would you so want a switch to it since it turns on and off by itself? Well, it's got to be on. It's got to have power to work. I, why yeah, then, why yeah, have no, a switch? <laughs> well, no, it's, it's, it's also a light. Oh. Yeah, well, I would put you, a... You can, get them either, you can get them either way, but I think you have to have a switch on the wall still because I don't think you're allowed, and you guys are experts, you're not allowed to have an electrical thing in the wall like a light without a switch. If, if you don't have to, I'll just put a plug there, a decorative plug there. Yeah, the, well, the idea is that when you walk into a room, you got to be able to switch on a light so you can see, you know, where you're going. But what I, you know, what I've done at my place is I just put a timer switch on my um, right. on my fan, so mine runs a minimum of 25 minutes. So when you go in and you hit that button, it's going to run while I take my shower, and then it's going to run afterwards to try to get all that moisture out of there. So what we're talking about. You're turn, you turn the fan on, and that's that's why it works. But I'm trying to come up with a solution where people don't turn the fan on it does it for them. I, gotta, I even rewire lights to fans, so to have a light, you have to have the fan. That <laughs> makes sense. Kind of like, a, uh, like with a uh, with a ceiling fan, where you have the two separate switches, one for the fan, one for the light. Yeah. Um, what about a motion switch? So when you walk in, the fan comes on, and then when you walk out, I guess it would go all, off. I don't know that my, that would work. Yeah, that would work. That would work, too. Yeah. So anyway, and, I just want you to know what's out there. Um, as I said, they make is, is all, they make, both the big box have zillions of them. So that's a winter project for me because I don't go in the attic because I may have to do some wiring in the summer. So. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to be no. up in the attic right now. It's it's it's. I'm like a gopher right now. I stick my head up and I look around <laughs> and I come back down <laughs> and then I, I grab a, a swig of water and then I run up there and look at one mm-hmm. thing and then I come back. <laughs> it's it's just, it's dang, it's dangerously hot. But, you know, that is such a, um, I, did, I did a just fabulous remodel uh, in a really nice part of town last week and they didn't put a single... Uh, vent fan in the bathroom. Really? Mm-hmm. So, uh, Jeff, on uh, you've mentioned the fans before. You mentioned, uh, I remember you mentioned uh, the Panasonic one, the Whisper yep, Quiet. Whisper Quiet. That, does that one have a light? Um, I think they have one with a light. We don't. We don't use yeah. the one with a light. Oh, okay. Okay. We 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 use it without the light. I love the fan. Uh-huh. It works, uh, and that's the main thing. It's it's. It's expensive, uh, but it works. What are your thoughts on the ones that are um, connected to these recessed lights? I like those. Yeah. Yeah, we we do that in some of our upper-end products. Yeah, so I had some the other day. You yeah. know, that they were, and in they fact, look a little different. you got to know I what get, you're looking for. I get phone calls of, um, I don't have an LED in my in my shower i don't have a fan in my shower well i, I get both yeah because like, you cannot hear it run mm-hmm. okay so what we have to explain what we're talking about here y'all know what the the uh, when they say the can lights right the the little lights that uh, come out of the ceiling look like they come out of nowhere or barrel. right exactly brown this is, six inch so this is one that or looks four inch. like a light but is actually a, a vent fan well it well, is a light it is and a, light. a vent fan and a vent fan it's got a it's got about a one inch 
space all the way around the light, right. and it looks totally different from the rest of the lights in the bathroom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you turn the light on, the fan comes on. Right. You remember, the? I love their commercial when they first came out with that, with the guy with the toupee would walk in the bathroom, yeah. and he'd flip the switch, and his hair would hair come would up. up. Yeah. <laughs> but the, you wouldn't the, have that problem, Jason. No, I would not. The, those work. Those those vent fans actually work. Yeah, and if you can't get a vent fan, you know, a ceiling fan, something to dry yeah, the air out. something to move the air. Yeah. that help you out, Steve? All right. Yeah, I just wanted to give you just another product out there. I will be trying my strategy this winter to see if I can get it to run. So right. you. There you go. <laughs> yeah, good luck, Steve. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> Uh, we are here right now with, uh, on the line, we've got Fernand in Clinton. What's going on, Fernand? Hi, good morning, y'all. I love your show. Every time I go to work, I follow y'all and I listen to y'all. Uh, cool, I have a question. I, I have a question about uh, roof fans. I have installed three roof fans, and I was uh, kind of wondering whether they help or they um, help with a you know, the heat in our roofs and or the cool in our roofs. I have uh, installed three, as I said, and they're solar, so no power connected to it. So these are uh, roof fans? Yeah, a, a, a roof vent. Yeah, is, a roof you know, vent. The, 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 the answer to the turbine, you know, the turbine. Oh, okay. So, yeah. But now these are powered. These okay. happen to be powered by solar. My opinion I like a continuous ridge vent over all roof venting. There's no moving parts. Um, I I don't have to worry about a fan motor running out, uh, burning up, and seizing seizing up, and it won't run. You know what, though? Um, this this, this sounds, especially if you're doing like an older construction that didn't originally have a ridge that you just wanted to replace, this seems like it might be an interesting Yeah, well, let me ask him. I, I, I want to ask some I questions. Would cut in, I would cut a ridge vent in. Yeah, well, it depends. <laughs> like everything. Right. How, how old's the house? Uh, 1984. Okay. And what's. 1984. Do you know what the pitch is on your roof? Is it like, has it got a, a lot of space in the attic or is it a very it, low pitch? Oh, no. It, it's got a very high pitch. And okay. it, it's, um, it's an unfinished. Actually, attic. Yeah. Uh, half okay. of it, we've made uh, a, a teenager room, and, uh, you know, it's a full-size room, and half of it, I have never had the chance to finish it. So your solar fans come on when the sun comes up? Correct. And they just run all the time? Run and, all the time. Okay, there's no thermostat? Um, there is a thermostat and a humidity sensor as okay. well. Okay. So now, now... Now, to, to to add a little bit more to it, um, I'm a little bit of tech guy. So uh, to that, I have added the to the thermostat, I have added like a, a sensor to it that if uh, the temperature reaches a certain uh, degree, uh, the then I put some power to it. So in case, you know, there is no, it, it's like no sun at that point of the day. It will come on like at full power. It's a twenty-four volt uh, motor. So yeah. if, okay, you've wired it up so just in case. Yeah, and I mean, just if you're a techie case. guy, and I, I mean, I, I think it's kind of cool that you're doing that. Um, one of the things you want to be sure with when you use a motorized fan is that you will literally decompress your house if you're not sealed up between the ceiling and the attic. 
So um, if you've got canned can lights. You elaborate? I'm, I'm sorry. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that decompressed house? Yes. So uh, we were talking a little while ago about these recessed lights. Well, when these first when these things first came out, they were cans, canisters that you would cut a hole in the sheetrock and you'd set that canister down on top of the sheetrock and then you put your light bulb in and you, know, you connect it in. But the problem is, is now you've got a hole. So you've got a hole between the living area of the house and the attic. Well, if you put a thermostatic fan in there and you're trying to suck air, the idea is that you would suck the air from the soffit vents. But if you've got a hole in your ceiling, you're going to pull conditioned air <laughs> to your house. Oh, oh no, no, no. I, I get the point. But the, the part of the attic that I have the fans on is completely isolated from the house or insulated, to be honest. It's just got the, the door, the attic door to it. Well, it doesn't but matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's insulated. If it's not sealed, so if you were to go up and move your insulation away from your canned lights or away from where there's a penetration for, say, plumbing or away from a penetration where there is electrical, if there are holes there, then you're with a thermostatic fan, you are pulling conditioned air out of your house when that thermostatic fan comes on. Oh, I see. I see. I see. So okay. The, okay. So, yeah. It's like it's like caulking up the corners and, and whatnot. Yeah. You yeah. have to see. A lot of folks think, and, and here in the South, you know, up north, insulation is awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's you need it because of the cold. Here in the South, what we're trying to do is block the humid air out. And because, you know, 80% of the year we're hot. And if you don't seal up that now, there's some there's some, um, you know, a new construction. You can't you can seal it up too tight and you have to bring in ambient air and all that kind of stuff. But well, a house that was built in 1984. Right. It, it is it is code to fire caulk all penetrations. Yeah, but that's new houses. These that's right. That's 84, right. right. It's not sealed. And, and see here to, to Pam's comment here, when the electricians and the plumbers go in to drill the top plate to run wires, plumbing pipes, whatever, most of them use one size bit, mm-hmm. a big one. <laughs> so so I'm going to have a big hole. I may have one wire going through that hole. Right. And that's what Pam's talking about. Now, if you want to test this theory, get a candle and put it in front of your receptacle. <laughs> and and it will suck that flame into that receptacle. And you know right there that you have a hole in your top plate that that needs to be sealed. Yeah, when that thermostatic fan is on, you can literally go over there and you buy these little puff smoke things too. Oh, okay. You yeah. Know, to, yeah, let, let's don't burn the house let's down. Let's don't burn the house down doing this. Jeff, Jeff, told me to, Jeff told me to put a candle by the receptacle right. and I burnt the house down and now I'm going to sue him. I'm right, going right. to sue him Thanks. for that. Well, I had a situation it reminds me of something that happened in this inspection. It's beautiful, beautiful remodel and they had put in one of these Shaw Nuff big stoves in there i'm telling you this thing was a monster nice and i went over and it a beautiful uh big um vent hood Mm -hmm. okay and i was like man this is awesome it's gonna suck me off my feet when i turn it on right i started punching buttons and there were nothing right nothing right well i i moved that we moved the grills and there was no motor in it Uh (laughs) it was a beautiful it it does it does come shipped you know, in parts, you know, the the hood, the actual hood. Yeah, but they installed the, the, the hood without the motor? Well, it comes like that. 
and then and then your your well, what, HVAC yeah what they your did HVAC sub installs the motor. Well, they ran to. some venting up to the attic and they put the motor up there, but it had no draw on it. So what we did, and this is kind of where I'm going with it, is I went to the bathroom and got some toilet paper and I said, "Turn that thing on." And we held that toilet paper up there and it didn't pull it at all. Yeah, I was like, "So you put a stake on this stove? Yeah, right. You in trouble, huh?" Fernandez, did we even get? Close. <laughs> uh, actually, you know, I was just more worried that, you know, I, and I see uh, where you're coming from, from pulling here. Um, I have a central unit, which uh, is more, it's graded more uh, almost like an industrial one. So I don't have problem with that, but, you know, I wouldn't mind not my bill not being that high if, if I'm pulling cold air from my house. It is. Uh, it's just a phenomenon with these old can lights and some of that. And, you know, when I first started inspecting houses, I you gave me too much information. I mean, I was just I was looking around my house and started doing things. And one of the things that I did is I called my mother and I said, I need you to come over in case I fall through the ceiling. And I got up, I bought one of these industrial spray cans Mm -hmm. and got up in my attic and sealed every hole I could find. No way. And it really helped with my energy. Absolutely. It it was. And then I got under it it because I'm on conventional and I did the same thing underneath, just around plumbing penetrations and wires. What Doug Rye would always say, and and I followed followed Doug a lot, um, unsealed top plate penetrations is like having a window fully open in your home. Mm -hmm. Wow. Now, you wouldn't do that in the dead of winter. You wouldn't do it in the dead of summer. Right. So think about that. Now, it's not going to be easy to go do what Pam did. Right. No, it's not easy. And I did it in the winter. That's right. Do it it on a cool day. Be very careful. You Mm -hmm. have wires up there. You have heat and air equipment. Could have plumbing. You have you have all kind of stuff mm-hmm. to be careful with. Yeah, and step on the hard stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Step on the hard <laughs> stuff. So <laughs> one 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 last one last comment, if I can. Um, the the fans that were there, you know, the spinning one that right. you know the the, the old kind. Yep. I you know they serve a purpose too, right? To move air. Yes, sir. Right. Yeah. So. Whenever I do that during the summer or the winter, does it cause anything? Well, do you still have turbines up there with your powered vents? No, 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 no. I don't. No, I, yeah, I don't. Um, <sighs> you know the reason we vent our the reason we vent our roofs is roof manufacturers shingle manufacturers want it to be vented. That's right. That's the reason we do it. So That's we right. don't invalidate a warranty. Right. That's right. Okay. Now, how much is it helping? I don't know. I mean, that's uh, a that's a good question. You know, yeah. Because again, Doug Rye was a believer in sealing encapsulating the, the entire yeah. He envelope. would he would oh. foam the decking in the no, he, right. He would wow. foam everything. Yeah, wow. and just so. completely. It was like walking and and there's an office building close to where I live, and they did that, and mm-hmm. it really is. It's like walking in a cave. Now, don't. Plan to use your cell phone while you're in there. Oh, <laughs> and, and if the house ever catches on fire, it's a big issue. Yeah, you got a big problem at that uh, we've, point. We've done two. Yeah, so. yeah, well, it gets all melty and gooey, and 
toxic. <laughs> Thanks, Ferdinand. I hope we helped you out. We've got a couple left on the line here. Tom is on the line in Brandon, and he's got cracks in ceramic tile. Man, I feel for you, Tom. What's going on? Yes. Uh, well, let me first uh, make a comment. I, I missed part of the conversation about the lady with the air conditioner, but it sounded like a compressor kicking on and off. I just had something similar, and it was a, an exchange valve that they replaced and corrected the problem. Uh, hmm. TXV, hmm. I think they call it. Hope she's writing Anyhow, that down. Yeah. Right. So we need to, Timmy, maybe Timmy's listening today. An right. exchange valve. Okay. Right. Thanks, Tom. You're welcome. I, as far as my problem, I have a ceramic tile that starts at my back door and goes down the hallway into the laundry room and office and a half bath and into the kitchen. The kitchen is about the center of the house, and uh, the house is uh, 17 years old. Sla- slab on grade? Yes. Okay. And they, uh, the tile are 18 inch squares and they had a hairline crack, but with this drought yep. and hot conditions, now their fissures are getting a little larger. Is it practical to think that I could replace just those with the cracks, uh, or am I in for a complete, uh, reinstall of, uh, tile? Uh, unless you bought the tile. I'm sorry. And is there? A, I'm sorry. I, and is there a uh, a solution to have it not crack again? Okay. Uh, unless you bought the tiles in the last few months, you're not going to match the tile. Uh, the problem is not the tile. The problem is the is the substrate or the slab under the tile. That's what's causing the tile to crack. There's a crack in the slab. So, um, and I'm not saying you have foundation problems. I'm not saying that at all. But putting new tile on top of that crack, it is going to crack again. It's just going to crack again. Yeah. The, yeah. the answer to the first question is absolutely. You can replace a piece sure. of tile that doesn't. Of course, it doesn't do anything though. Yeah, I would wait until we can get out of this drought before too. you do anything. Yep. And I let it kind of. And I'm I'm going to guess. Is it over close to your garage? Is it on the garage side of the house? Well, there's a long hallway from the garage to the kitchen, so right. it's, it's really not that close to the garage. Well, and the well, tile near the garage isn't the ones that are cracking. It's the ones right there in the center. And, yeah. you know, I understand that my foundation there has a crack somewhere, but I don't seem to have foundation problems. Yeah. No, no, sir. I, I'm not saying that at all, but you do have some foundation Probably movement. some settlement. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, right in there. I would dig, I would try to figure out what's causing the cracking before I did anything. You know, and it could be, you know, if it's close to your kitchen, it could be a subsurface plumbing something, something. It could be, you know, all kinds of things. Um, but to just go in and try to cosmetically cover up or to replace something – I would, I mean, I'd give it six months. I'd take some pictures yeah. of it and give it, and then watch your water bill. If your water bill starts getting yeah. higher, then you might have some type of a leak underneath, and that'll cause movements. That's true, and and if you have that, that is probably covered on your homeowners mm-hmm. because it is, yeah. it has caused phys, physical damage to coverage A. And watch your um, watch your walls and your windows and your doors around where it's cracking. If those begin to be uneven in any way, then you're probably going to want to call. Uh, get you a structural engineer out there to take a look at it. 
Thomas, okay. part of the yeah, I don't have any water uh, billing problems. Okay, so it's been pretty steady. This part, uh, the- yeah, a structural engineer would be good. Yeah, and you know, just because your water bill isn't going up, it doesn't mean that it's not on the sewer side. <laughs> you could also get a, your sewer line scoped, and you know, I. Mm-hmm. I'm a big believer in in scoping your sewer lines, especially in older homes. And if you see any type of movement, and when you said kitchen, that means you've got plumbing lines underneath there, and you just want to make sure something's not um, broken subsurface. And if your water bill's not up, then that means it's not on a supply side, hmm. but it could be on the sewer side. And, Tom, I've replaced uh, individual pieces of tile before. And used a Dremel to get the grout out, and then uh, you have to, you know, crash the tile to get the rest of it out. Mm-hmm. But you can replace. You can do it. The great thing is, is that when when the folks that did my floor did the floor, they had an extra couple of boxes, and I asked them. I told them I would be fine to pay for that and to leave them. Well, what I got with that, Tom, was the same lot, yep. the same color, the same everything. So I had two boxes of just tiles. That's right. And and so and I've had to replace one or two here and there and it's always been available to mm-hmm. me. So. Yeah. I actually funny story. Um I needed to replace some down in my office mm-hmm. and of course that they, they didn't make them anymore. So I just kind of kept my eyes out and when I was inspecting a house, you know, there'd be tile up in there right. and I would ask the homeowner, right. "Can I stole can one. I purchase a couple of those tiles?" <laughs> That's how I got them. Cool. Yeah, it worked. We're like a charm. Well, so. yeah, we we leave them in every house. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, they're either in the attic or I, down I in the... I can leave them or I can take them to the landfill. Well, no, no, the no. scariest thing was when I got up in an attic one time and they had left the tile on the sheetrock ceiling. Uh, and I was like, oh... That probably is not good. Better that's, ideas. That's a terrible idea. Right. All right, we got one more call here. Willis is on the line in Louisiana. He's got a question about a breaker. What's going on in Louisiana, Willis? Okay, I got a breaker inside the highway in the kitchen. When I hook up the microwave and the... Uh, and the skillet that you cook bacon on, and you know, and hamburgers on, you cut both on my house. You cut the microwave on when the wife you cooking that, you throw the brick. Yeah. About three or four minutes, throw the brick. You think I need to put a thirty ounce brick in there and move that twenty ounce and then tear in there? What? Well, you can't put a bigger breaker on a small wire because right. they'll just burn it up. Um, it Split could it be what I would do is try to hook those appliances to a different circuit and see if it still trips. Because the, what that would mean is that the appliances, there's something wrong with one of the appliances. If, you know, and yeah. if you could replace the breaker, but that breaker's popping off because yeah, it's telling it, you it's too it's, much. Well, it's, it's, that's our safeguard. Yeah. Adding, adding a larger breaker is not the no, answer. No, don't. Don't do that. But you can take uh, the whatever's uh, powering. In other words, if you've got it, sounds like you've got uh, one breaker powering all of this stuff. And if that's like a 15-amp breaker with, a, uh, you know, all this stuff on it. Well, it's usually blow. in the kitchen, it's going to be a 20. It should okay, be well, a, 20. a 20. But let's say you, that's a 10-gauge wire going to a 20-amp breaker. If you put, no, it's not right, a 12. That's a 12 on a 20. Never mind. Right. But if you put a breaker that's bigger in there, then the wire's just going to burn up. Right. And you're going to catch your house on fire. <laughs> right. So split up the power. Yeah, move them around and see if it's still happening, because it could just be the appliance. You just need a new... 
microwave. Could be. Good idea. All right, folks, Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Mr. Java Chapman. Our call screener today was Abram Nanny. For Pam Pilas, Jeff Simmons, I'm Jason Klein. Up next is Everyday Tech, followed by Southern Roadie with Jimmy Stewart at 11. Make sure to join us next Wednesday at 9 for more Fix It 101 right here on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.